We pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. After eight days, about a dozen elections in this country are still undecided. Too close to call. There are recounts happening with pairs of candidates waiting anxiously to find out if they have won or lost. We don't need to have that same kind of anxiety as God's elected people. Not when we hear 2 Thessalonians 2. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote that about the Thessalonian believers because it's true about all believers in Christ. We get to know a great fact. We get to plug ourselves into the passage and come to the realization that we too have won the election of God's grace. This victory of your salvation comes down to very certain things as the text makes clear, first of all, God chose us from eternity. Also, God claimed us through his gospel. Simply put, you believe right now because God made that happen on the basis of him choosing you not the other way around, not on the basis of you choosing him. God held his election from the beginning, we are told, before creation. God cast his vote for you. And that determines the other things that he does for you. God planned your entire salvation from beginning to end. When he laid out the promises of the Savior in the Old Testament, he had you in mind as one of the many people who would profit eternally from the laid out, planned out life and death of Christ. When he sent out this gospel of Jesus in its New Testament form, form he had you in mind as one of the people who would hear it and believe it all the way into heaven. It is astounding to think of what God saw when he looked us over before this election. He must have seen all the many sins that we would commit in the course of our lifetimes. He would have known the entire negative campaign that Satan could run against us. He would have noticed our spiritual deadness, this entrenched enmity that we have against God by nature. So it had to be grace 
His grace that would cast the deciding vote in your favor, what we hear in the text. God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. A word of caution, though. We need to use this doctrine of election properly. It does not answer all the questions. It does not explain to our satisfaction why some people are saved and others not. It simply states that your final salvation by faith in Christ is the sure outcome of God choosing you. If we start to worry that we may not be one of God's elect, we miss the point. That is never the point. God did not reveal this doctrine to bring up any doubts whatsoever in your mind. The teaching of election fits the category of a gospel teaching and needs to be used as gospel for your comfort, your reassurance, your encouragement. For example, if you are troubled by the weakening of your faith or the intrusion of doubts into your mind, we get to go to the fact that God has chosen us in Christ, and that makes it decisively sure on his end. If you are bothered, and who isn't bothered by the devil's relentless opposition, strong temptations that threaten to wear us down, we have at our disposal the fact that God does not lose what he has chosen to save. When we have trouble holding on to him, he has no trouble holding on to us. Jesus said about his vulnerable sheep, that would include you and me, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. That sounds like victory right there. A cause for celebration. Christians have won the election of God's grace by the greatest landslide ever. There will be no recounts, no reversal. We can add to that a second reliable truth. Those whom God has chosen from eternity, he has also permanently claimed through the power of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is mentioned in the text. It's his job, using the gospel, to work your faith into existence. Keep it going day by day and preserve it to the very end. On that basis, then, we get to live with cautious optimism. Cautious, yes, because we still have the flesh, that sinful nature, all too willing and able to throw it away. Every day needs to be careful on your part and mine, you and I, on constant alert to what the devil is doing in his war against us, repenting of our sins when he succeeds, and going back to that reliable remedy of good news as the way to recover every time. At the same time, we can still be optimistic, very optimistic, that God will have the last word in every battle. God will finish what he started, and bring us final glorious victory to you, me, and all other believers 
his people who have won the election of his grace. Amen. Join me in closing our worship, singing hymn 391, the first two stanzas, stanzas one and two, hymn 391.